But I think what we've seen now is how over the last several years, it has divided b- believers, Christians. Uh, before it was so political, uh, but it, but they still had this moral value, the more focused of who, who Christ or God is in our nation. And over the last several elections, we've lost that piece. And now it's the vision of, you know, where where are we in political parties and which one is the political party of God, which one is not, and just the battles that you're going through. Welcome to January 2021, a year of a new election term. And unless you were hiding under a rock in 2020, which I would not blame you if you chose to do that, but now you're out, you know that this past election, it really was one of the most, and and still is, one of the most divisive elections yet. And uh, in my lifetime, for sure, and I've spoken to people in older generations that also in their lifetime, it's just so much has gone into into this election. Before you run away, because you think this is going to be a political podcast. I assure you it's not. I don't get political. Um, I feel like I'm not smart enough to get political. I certainly don't know enough. But, you know, as a Christ follower, um, and maybe some due to personality, I think politics makes some of us want to run and hide. Um, Sometimes, due to our personality, we want to strongly support our cause. Sometimes we say or do things that, maybe aren't the greatest representation of our faith, um, or maybe we just don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to think or believe, and we are left at the mercy of the media or our um, our influence around us. Um, but today we are joined by Pastor Larry with some encouraging words, hopefully encouraging to me as well, and wisdom surrounding this new term ahead, uh, leading us into scripture and helping us navigate these next few months and years with some grace, because I know that there are people struggling. You know, this is the kind of year that um, some years you're just like, well, either one will be good. You know, you get those people who are wishy-washy either way. But this year is like you're either on one end or the other. And so welcome. Well, thanks. Good to be here today talking about this very important subject. Um, because it sure is, like you said, it's uh, been very divisive. It's still divisive. It seems to be that's where we're going to live for a while inside this. Uh, one of the things that we'll talk about today is the inauguration. Yeah. That um, probably after this uh, week mm-hmm. uh, happens on January 20th or happened on January 20th. And so it's uh, it, what that means for us as a people. And then we'll just talk about, like you said, what, are that, what does that do to our faith? How does it challenge us based on where we are politically? And what does the Bible teach us as believers on how we respond and what we think about things? It is divisive. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity for believers to do what Christ has told us to do, to be the light, mm-hmm. right? How do, we, how do we be the light of the world? How do we live out our Christian values, who we are, with all the questions that surround us politically, depending on what side we land on and what that looks like? 
man, that's that's some tough issues, tough questions that I think Christians are really struggling with. Yeah. And also, you know, an opportunity to flex our faith. I think so many people are in the position where they just, you have no other choice but to trust that God is sovereign and that he knows that he's not surprised. There is no mystery involved in him. He knows who's going to walk through those doors on the 20th and, and he knows what the next four years are going to hold. Yeah. That's one of the things we struggle with though. Yeah. I mean, how, how do we know? Well, especially that- after a year like 2020, oh, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's super hard. And that's what people are just really struggling with. Yeah. You know, one of the, I, I've really love history. That's one of the things that I just have just all loved my whole life. Yeah. Maybe it's because I could read and figure out and see it and just kind of be able to memorize those dates and know what happens. It's just been something I've, I've really, really enjoyed. I remember the first time um, that I went to New York City and stood at the Federal Building, mm-hmm. um, and it was the the inauguration. It's, there's a plaque there, and there's a statue there. It was the first inauguration of George Washington. It happened in 1789, I believe, was the date on that. And it happened in that place. New York City was the United States Capitol yeah. at that moment. And uh, just I just remember that moment being there. It's near Wall Street, and you see the Wall Street Building. It's right there. And, and just to think about historically— how it has just how the U.S., how the United States has been so connected to what God has done, mm-hmm. you know, and how God has worked, and and what does that mean for us in the 21st century, and how do we view that? And, and George Washington inauguration, the inauguration oath that we take that that the president takes is it's not very long, it's pretty short, um, but history tells us that George Washington, when he finished it, said. Um, in in God we trust, and mm-hmm. he uses he used the God word at the very end. He's it's not in the oath itself, but Washington used that that and and the connection historically to where we were with following God as a nation, and today you know in the twenty first century the questions of where we are in yeah. following God as a nation, and that seems to be continuing to create the divide yeah and how do we have faith in that so that's that's a hard one yeah because i feel like it was so explicit then and it's not as much anymore i think it's up to us now as as believers to use our voice i have my use your voice your voice your vote shirt on you can't read it because it's a t-shirt and it's under hair and a cardigan but i'm wearing it um just for you pastor larry but you know (laughs) this this concept that that God is our nation was built on these morals and these beliefs and principles and through the centuries it's become watered down in some places God's been removed you know from some yeah, of our our, yeah. our public places and um I think that's what makes an election like this year seem that much more important although you know our democracy is important and always has been but um there are such polar sides yeah. this this season. But but you know when you look b- back historically, there's always there been has. the polar sides. There has. There's always been division. Mm-hmm. There's always been something that has divided. Um, I can't remember the presidential campaign. I, I think it was like in the 1800s. But the closest one is not this year's election, or has it been in recent history? It was in early 1800s. I'm pretty sure. Not re- don't really remember which president, but he won by one electoral vote. Wow. One, and it one. was like. The, the country was super divided during mm. that time period. Yeah. And and so it, it has been something politically that has divided us. But I think what we've seen now is how over the 
last several years, it has divided b- believers, Christians. Yeah. Uh, before it was so political, uh, but it, but they still had this moral value, the more focused of who, who Christ or God is in our nation. And over the last several elections we've lost that piece yeah. and now it's the vision of you know where where are we in political yeah. parties and which one is the political party of god which one is not and just the battles that you're going through so what are your that. thoughts on political parties in in our christian faith yeah, I think this really a, a great question because you know we've had people say we can't be this political party and be a Christian, or if you're going to be a real evangelical, you got to be a part of this party, and and we've seen that change over the years. I think that's the hardest part. Obviously, the thing that we look at is political parties and their platform, mm-hmm. not the people, mm-hmm. because that's the that's the divide that we struggle with. How do you see the political party and the person who leads that party, but also the platform of that party, what they yeah. stand for? And I think for us as uh, evangelical Christians, being able to look at political platforms that have with them the moral values that we're looking for on the on those issues that are moral issues and how that political party is going to respond to those. And and it's pretty clear over these last several years what political parties respond to what. But even inside those political parties that aren't of moral value, there are believers inside that, there are mm-hmm. leaders inside that. Um, one of the things I, I think even this year, I read several articles about um, people who were strong Democrats, but at the same time had a strong moral value of being pro-life hmm. and the conflict that even they had inside that of what they believed that some other platforms of that party represented, which they were in favor of, yeah. but they were struggling with that pro-life, pro-choice. Um, and so those becomes the hard issues, right? So how does believers fit inside that political party? Because all throughout history, ancient history, uh, Christians didn't have the opportunities that we have in our democracy. Mm-hmm. Our our the fact of who we are and how we function as a nation in our constitution is different than most countries around the world. Yeah. Even countries that call themselves democracies function different than we do here in the States. And what believers live and how they live inside that is is a different kind of feel. We have felt here in the States that we have the opportunity to really control our government uh, because we get to vote, like your right. shirt says. Yeah, right? We get voice. to vote, yeah. and your voice is important, and it still is. Now, when we've had that conflict this year about electoral college and what that means, and but historically, man, that's been the thing that has saved us in so many ways when yeah. you look historically of what that yeah. looks like. So what does a Christian do as we begin to say, okay, and now a party might be in the White House and in government leadership that we don't agree with where they might be in some of their moral stance, or that we might agree with them, but on, on a lot of their p- platform, but there are one or two things that we say, well, we don't agree with that. Um, so it really has become a defining issue, and I think that's the sad part, mm. that it's divided not only our nation politically, but it's divided the churches. Uh, And I think, personally, I believe that that is just something that Satan is very happy about. I I believe he's been able to use that in a way to drive um, walls between uh, believers, to drive wedges, to bring out anger, 
And boy, the Bible just doesn't teach that to us at all. Yeah. Right? So, so tell us about that. What does Scripture say? Because I know, I know Paul addresses this a lot in the New Testament right. um, about being unified in our faith and as believers being unified within the church. But does that play out too in our in our political views and 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 as far as the election goes? And how should we act towards a governing ruler that, yes, the party and the platform of what they believe is what our focus should be on but many times it's on a person in that role right. that we either do or don't agree with well it comes back at some point it challenges our personal faith mm-hmm. what do we really believe about what god is doing and how much do we trust god uh, this scripture that i'll read from romans chapter 13 uh, he talks about submission to the authorities that's mm-hmm. what paul is talking about he says let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm. Now, that is a that is a really hard statement. It's hard, so, but it's comforting, I well, think. It is, if yeah. we believe it. Right. So do we believe it because, oh, yeah, we're supposed to believe what the Bible says? Or do we believe it because it is a heart belief? Mm. And yes, I can I can exist. I can be in this in, in this place that we are, and I can be supportive of our government leadership, um, even even if I don't agree with everything they're going to do, because not because I agree with them or disagree with them, but because I believe the scripture mm-hmm. that says that God has been the one who has instituted yeah. them to be our government leader. And man, that is that is a hard thing. Not it's a hard thing for us in the states for sure, but it's also a hard thing globally, yeah. right? When you're when you're believers in in communist country or believers in countries that have dictators as leadership. How do you take this scripture and say, man, how how do we apply this that God is in control of all these things? I think we don't we have to look at it and know it doesn't mean that because we know God's in control, everything's going to work out, right? right? The way we want it to. Reading through the Old Testament this year, so many awful people yeah. taking leadership positions, going right out and saying, did evil in the eyes of the Lord, all of these time and time again, and even places where God hardened their hearts, where right. God, you know, God didn't make them do what they did, but he knew and he put them there for a purpose such as that. And still you know they were redeemed at the end but there were some hard years decades yeah. centuries yeah. that these people had to live through and so your faith has to be um, at the forefront of that because hard times are going to be ahead that just is it's right there in the bible we will have trouble yeah we struggle with that though. we do yeah because we think everything is easy and it's it's, it's and it's all right now you yeah. know i mean we've been doing inaugurations of the president since the late 1700s, 1789, Washington was inaugurated as president. We've been doing them every year since that. I, I think it's interesting, uh, for one of the things about that, you know, it wasn't even until, because we think of inauguration as being January 20th, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that didn't happen until 1930. I did not. Yeah, before that. I'm it, not the history buff. Before That's that why was, I invite you. <laughs> before that was in March. Yeah. Before, oh, wow. Yeah, we always did from 1789 to 1931. Every inauguration was in March. In mm-hmm. 1931, the government changed, and the 20th Amendment came into place, which changed when government started. And it started because the election was in November. Inauguration wasn't until March. There was this whole lame ducks time yeah, a, of the president. That's a long time. It was a long time. And so Congress changed it in 1931. 
So, it, but in our minds, it's always been January the 20th mm-hmm. because we don't have any historical background. Mm-hmm. In our minds, there's always, this is the most divided we've ever been because we don't have ability to look back at all the other presidents and all the other struggles yeah. and everything that's going on. And how did Christians function inside that, right? Yeah. What were they doing? Well, we should be doing what we've been always called to do, which is to be the light of the world. I mean, that's what Christ has called us to be. Mm-hmm. Not so ingrained politically that we can't separate the politics from our personal faith in Christ. Because our personal faith in Christ says that we are the kind of people that are the light of the world. And it's not about political. It's about the spiritual leadership that we can give. So how do we approach those conversations, though? Because I think there are some people who will just shy away from it. Like I said in the intro, I don't want to be political. I'm just going to shy away with it. But I think there is a grace that we can come at these political conversations with and still be able to have those conversations with people who maybe don't believe the same things that we do um, to be able to be the light because we need to be the light probably to the people who don't agree with the morals that, you know, that go along with our faith. Right, right. Um, So it's not to shy away from these conversations. It's not to go in with a, your dukes are up ready to, you know, have a fight. But how do we do that in a loving way? I guess I don't know if that's a question. That yeah, you that's can answer, a great or... question. I, I think I think the struggle that we have that we go into so many political conversations, not in a way that um, really we're angry about it. Mm. We as believers are angry at the person because they don't think or believe like we do, right? So we have a political conversation with a person who thinks completely different political politically and they we want them to so much come to our side versus it's, we're trying to hear what they're saying and it gets personal when they it's almost Absolutely. like a personal attack so it, it is a going into attack. that like we're like we're fighting like we're defending something when really it needs to be an open conversation that's how you i think show the most love is by listening and trying to hear someone else's heart yeah it's a key word i was going to use is the idea of listen how, yeah. how do we how do we listen mm-hmm. to people and where they are without being angry at them, right? I, being angry at where they are in their moral thinking, mm-hmm. um, I think, is is an anger that I would say is a biblical anger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus got angry, right? But he, he didn't get angry to the point that he was angry at the person. He was angry at what they were doing or what they were thinking. He didn't get—and oftentimes, I think, for us— it's so hard to be angry at what a person thinks versus being angry at that person. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, because there's nothing to there's nothing for that anger to land on if it's a an idea. Right. You want it you want it to land on someone so that it gives it a place to rest. Yeah. It's very metaphorically, yeah. yeah. but you know, I think that's why we so we so desire for the other person to to hit to that point where they agree with what we we want them to agree with, and I think that's. Sometimes the problem with going into a conversation with someone is what you want that outcome to be. And sometimes I think you just have to come into it as, listen, we 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 probably won't agree. We right. might not ever agree, but we're here to hear the other side and to hear your heart and and be the light in that. Yeah. So I think for a Christian, I think I think 
an understanding of who we are inside that. My role, I don't even mean as a pastor, I just mean my role as a believer is not to change the hearts and minds of people. I can't do that. If I try to do that, then I'm missing what I believe the Holy Spirit can do, right? I think exactly. that's the role of the Holy Spirit. So my role is to present what I believe is biblical truth, not even what my t- truth is, not even what I think about something. And and trying to define that, trying to make that, um, trying to make the difference between what my opinion is versus what I believe the Bible teaches us about that. Which means we have to know it. You have to know the we word, We have to know what right? we believe and why yeah. we believe it. Right. It's so important and you gotta you gotta be so you you can't be so dogmatic about your opinion if it's just a worldly opinion Mm -hmm. but it's got to be a biblically based opinion so Mm -hmm. as you're listening which is the key word that you used as you're listening to people what is it that they're really saying that you can say well but the bible teaches us not not everybody's going to listen to the bible Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to listen to god's word that's why i think for believers the other great component that we have to deal with is prayer inside that. If we miss the opportunity of praying for our government leaders, we have missed the opportunity of what the Bible really does teach us about how we respond to the government and about what our response really ought to be. First Timothy chapter 2 really helps us a great deal with this. For he says, now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus, right? So he's talking about what's happening in in coming to the Lord and knowing who the Lord is. First of all, then, he says, I urge that prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So Timothy in his writings starts by saying the first thing you have to do is to bring before the Lord the, the, the people, it goes on to say the very next verse, for kings and all who are in high places that we may lead peacefully and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. So here, Timothy says that our responsibility, first and foremost, and that's how he says, first of all, then I urge you, first thing we have to be doing is praying for right? How are we going to pray for our leaders? Now, what are we praying for and why are we praying for our leaders? I guess that's where practically we get to. What are we praying for? Well, we're praying for our leaders that, first of all, they they have salvation. If they aren't followers of Christ, we're praying that they would be saved. Otherwise, it would be a wrong expectation for us to think that they're going to respond godly to things if God is not in their life. So we're praying for their salvation. We're praying that God would give them eternal life, that they would they would see who he is and respond to him. I think we overlook that so often when we are yeah. in conflict with someone, that to just pray for their soul. I think that is, that would, even in your own personal walk and a conflict that you have with someone that you don't even have to voice it to them, right? Because sometimes if I, <laughs> I'm in conflict with you and I'm going to pray for you, yeah. sounds contrite and, right. and judgmental and um but to honestly in your quiet time pray for the salvation of our of our upcoming leader i mean i think that that yeah. in our mind alone will put us yeah at and, some and sort then of rest. It, if that leader says they are a believer then we need to pray that they would have the heart of of the lord mm-hmm. right if they're a believer in christ that they would have his heart because we that, have seen in the bible god change the heart 
of a person, whether they believed in him or not. We've seen him change it, harden it, or delight it, or he has that ability. Well, he does, yes. but do we believe that? Right. I think that's I a key question our, for us yeah. because we get so politically involved that sometimes we miss believing that mm-hmm. because it's like, well, this person, this person can't ever make godly decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? God controls the mind. Yeah. God controls them. God is at work. If we believe that, I then, think that's why we forget to pray that. I because think you're I, right. I, I, I yeah. don't think we sometimes truly believe it. Many times truly believe it. Yeah, I think that that really comes down to. Well, that's true in so many areas mm-hmm. of our lives. We mm-hmm. we just kind of say we're not going to pray, or we don't pray actually because we just don't think God is really in control. Yeah, you know, and just, I think you know that's we talk about that in Growth Track, a spiritual gift of faith. Like, do you? In these extenuating circumstances, do you truly believe? Yeah, you know what what we say we believe here. Yeah. So, so why are we praying for our leaders? Yeah. We're praying for them to be saved. We're mm-hmm. praying for them to make wise decisions. We're praying for God to influence them so that they have godly influence over other leaders. Because obviously, uh, the president of the United States has incredible influence over so many people, right? So if when that person becomes a follower of Christ and is influencing people for Christ, it's going to change mm. a lot of people. Now, some people aren't going to change because they're going to follow Christ. Mm. But our still our response as believers is, first and foremost, acknowledge, as Paul says in Romans 13, acknowledge that God has put this into place. And then, as Timothy says, we're praying for him. Yeah. We're bringing him before the Lord on a constant basis. Uh, I think there's some the benefits that uh, that come from praying for our leaders. And I think it it it's a benefit for the the church to be praying for godly leaders in our nation mm-hmm. because decisions that are being made now and will be made in the future uh, have a lot of impact on what's going to happen in the church in the upcoming days. That that could be a whole other I think right. podcast time, yeah. Jenny, just to be able to think about decisions that are being made. But I think for the church, I think for us as believers, at some point, we have to function more out of faith than we do out of our fears. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that in relationship to other things. But I think that's true in government. Yeah. When we look at a new president being inaugurated, the everything that goes along with that, now that person is the president, the leader of our country. How do we pray for them, for their salvation, for their understanding of Christ and decision-making, and then living as believers, not in anger, not in fear, but in faith that God is at work in this situation. Either we believe that or we don't. And oftentimes, I'll say it this way, and oftentimes when you hear Christians debating, struggling, being angry, it says more about their faith mm. than it does about anything. Yeah. It says a lot about how they really trust God. They're not coming across that way. You know, they're trying to put a lot of that on the other person, but it says a lot about them. Yeah. And their, uh, and their fear. And their fear. Yeah. Yeah. And the faith that, that they really have in their life. So our prayer is how, as believers, do we function in our communities? around people we know who don't think like we do, who have different political thoughts, different political ideology, and be willing to listen to them and to be willing to pray and to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to stand for what I believe. It doesn't change the fact that we stand for what we believe, 
but it does change the fact that we're not angry with them because, one, we believe God has put them in, in that place as our leaders, and two, our role, as Timothy says, is to pray for them. How do yeah. we do that? Yeah. I had a whole um, exit outro plan for this, but yeah. instead, would you mind just praying for our leaders? Because I think so many times we, we want to, but we just don't know how to. So will you pray yeah. for our leaders the way that we're instructed to in Second Timothy, that yeah. that they would lead with godly influence and that they would be saved? Let's do. All right. So, Father, we come to you right now, and we bring our leaders to you, our president, our vice president, others in leadership positions in our Senate and in our Congress, both in our nation and then in our state, our government, our governor, and those in our own state in leadership role politically, in our local government and our mayors around us and leadership and city leaders and county leaders. And Father, we would pray because we love people that if those that we've mentioned already are not followers of Christ, that Lord, first and foremost, you would reveal yourself to them in such a way that they would follow you. And if they are followers of Christ, Lord, that you would give them wisdom to make decisions. You would give them strength to make decisions that are godly decisions. You would give them the influence over our state, over our local government, over our nation, an influence that goes into the nations around the world that can see that we are Christ followers. Lord, I pray for all of us, people in the pew, every week, every day, going out, connecting with our neighbors, our co-workers, people around us, that we will love them as you love them. Not as people who we think have all the answers, but Lord, we, we would listen well to their hearts and to their spirits, and we would pray that you would work because, because we have faith that you have put things in motion, that you are at work around us, and we simply want to join you in what you're doing. Thank you for your great love to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. for joining us. Great being here. Well, that's all we have for this moment. We are so thankful that you decided to join us this week, and we can't wait to catch you here next week. If you have a struggle or an issue you want us to address here on the podcast, we would love it if you would were to email that at gracelandmoments at gmail.com, and you can catch us on Instagram at Graceland Church Online. Until next week, take care.